This video is brought to you by Nebula. Today, the US discusses a potential Russian nuclear space weapon, Israeli snipers enter the largest remaining hospital in Gaza, and the UK falls into a session. From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Thursday the 15th of February 2024. Over the past few days, Capitol Hill has been consumed by rumours of a potential Russian nuclear space weapon. This story really began on Wednesday, when Chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Representative Mike Turner, issued a slightly odd statement saying that his committee had information regarding a serious national security threat and requesting that President Biden declassify all related information. Unsurprisingly, this sparked a bit of panic in Washington, and the White House sent out National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan to answer questions on the topic in the daily press briefing. Unfortunately, Sullivan was light on details in his appearance, only divulging that he was scheduled to brief the leaders of Congress on Thursday. But over the course of the past day or so, reports have emerged suggesting this kerfuffle was all to do with some sort of Russian nuclear space weapon. Obviously, at the time of writing, none of these reports have been confirmed, so take everything here with a pinch of salt. But according to a report from ABC citing multiple intelligence officials, the weapon is intended to be used against satellites rather than on Earth. If this is the case, the weapon is unlikely to have a nuclear warhead because, well, you don't need a nuke to knock out satellites. Rather, it's probably nuclear-powered in some sense, which would allow it to generate enough energy for electromagnetic attacks across a large volume of space. Nonetheless, even if it doesn't have an actual nuclear warhead, this would still probably amount to a violation of the 1967 Outer Space Treaty, to which Russia is a signatory, and which explicitly bans the placement of nuclear weapons or other weapons of mass destruction in space. Now, we should mention that the Kremlin have already denied these reports, with Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov describing the fiasco as, quote, a trick by the White House to get the House of Representatives to approve the much-anticipated aid package for Ukraine. But even if there's nothing to these reports, America's apparent anxiety over the prospect of Russian space power is a symptom of a wider issue, namely the brewing battle between Russia, the US, and other superpowers, most notably China, over who gets to do what in space. The strategic and military significance of space-based capabilities has been made especially clear in Ukraine, where Elon Musk's Starlink satellite system has been instrumental in Ukraine's success. This has helped kickstart a space-based arms race between the superpowers that's proving remarkably difficult to de-escalate. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine, or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Last week, former President Donald Trump suggested that if he were to become president again, he would not provide support to NATO members who spend less than 2% of their GDP on defence. This caused something of a problem for European member states, as the US's nuclear stockpile is somewhat taken for granted when it comes to the European nuclear deterrent. It's been reported this morning that the UK and France could be part of the solution to this, with Christian Lindner, the German finance minister, saying that the strategic nuclear forces of France and Great Britain are already making a contribution to the security of our alliance. The French president, Emmanuel Macron, has made various offers of cooperation. 
We should understand Donald Trump's recent statements as a call to further rethink this element of European security under the umbrella of NATO. In essence, the question is whether Britain and France would use their nukes as part of the deterrent strategy for NATO's European alliance area. On one side of things, the UK's nukes would be ready for use at the request of NATO's Supreme Allied Commander for Europe. On the other side, while France keeps its nuclear weapons outside the NATO command structure, Macron has offered to cooperate with Europe on nuclear defence. We'll have to see exactly what kind of arrangement is agreed upon if Trump does indeed become president once more this year. Today, Israeli snipers entered the largest remaining hospital in Gaza, Nasser Hospital. It comes a day after hundreds of civilians were forced by the IDF to evacuate the hospital. More than 1,500 displaced Palestinians are seeking refuge in the hospital, including at least 273 patients and 190 medical staff, according to Gaza's Ministry of Health. Doctors and medical officers stated that Israeli snipers shot dead numerous people trying to flee the NASA medical complex in recent days. The IDF has argued that there is evidence Hamas has held hostages there and the bodies of the deceased may be present at the hospital. But the military has not publicly released this evidence. The hospital has been the centre of ongoing Israeli attacks for weeks. The Médecins Sans Frontières, or MSF, humanitarian organisation said on Tuesday that they were very worried about the situation unfolding and called on the IDF to ensure that civilians are unharmed. The World Health Organization released a similar statement. The IDF has said that they're carrying out a precise and limited operation inside NASA Hospital. And reporters on the ground have said face recognition cameras have been installed. Yet many are worried how these cameras will be used and who will be targeted. On Tuesday, a 16-year-old boy was shot with four bullets at the hospital gate, according to one of the surgeons. Israel has attacked hospitals in its operation since the start of the war, a violation of international and humanitarian law, arguing that they are Hamas strongholds. This morning, it's been officially announced that the UK fell into recession during the final three months of last year, after the economy shrank by more than expected. In these final three months leading up to December, GDP fell by 0.3%. It follows a fall between July and September, and the definition of recession is GDP falling by two consecutive three-month periods. This official confirmation of a recession is a big blow to Prime Minister Rishi Sunak's government, who promised to grow the economy last January, laying the same out as one of his five key priorities. In fact, for the whole of 2023, the economy grew by a tiny 0.1% overall. That's worse than the Eurozone, which also didn't have a great year, and the United States. The economy has largely stagnated for a long time, with wealth inequality continuing to increase and standards of living continuing to decrease. In fact, apart from the Covid years, this annual growth figure is the weakest since 2009, when major world economies were reeling from the global financial crisis. Andrew Bailey, however, the bank's governor, downplayed these figures for 2023, arguing there were some positive signs of an upturn in the economy, which will become more evident in the following months. In our final uplifting story for today, fossil fuel generation in Europe declined by a record 19% in 2023, according to new analysis, and for the first time, wind supplied more electricity than natural gas. Gas power generation fell by 15% and coal by 26%, 
while electricity generated from renewables soared. Altogether last year, renewables generated a record 44% share of Europe's power, while fossil fuels supplied roughly a third and nuclear around a quarter. This is great news for Europe, which is increasing its renewable energy generation to reduce dependence on fossil fuels. Under the EU's green transition, the bloc is aiming to achieve net zero emissions by 2050. As a TLDR viewer, I can pretty confidently say that you're curious about the world around you, keen to know what's really going on rather than just the general media narrative. And one country where this is particularly interesting is China, where a lot of media coverage can be muddled or misleading. If you want to dive deeper though, I'd recommend Polymatter's incredible series, China Actually, which explores the truth behind the Chinese news, examining the truth about China's one-child policy, why China has no allies, how Chinese censorship really works, and what exactly China's nuclear policy looks like. All in all, it's a brilliantly researched and thoughtful series, and it's exclusively available on our streaming service, Nebula. As you know, Nebula is the service that we built with a whole bunch of our creator friends and is home to tons of smart, educational content from all of your favorite creators. The best part is by signing up, you not only get exclusive series like China Actually, Modern Conflicts from Real Life Law, or The Logistics of X from Wendover Productions, it also includes all of our content totally ad-free and sometimes before it arrives on YouTube. Plus, signing up directly supports TLDR, because by doing so, you contribute to the budgets of these big budget documentaries and help us to grow and expand our ambitions. So if you want to get more superb content and support TLDR, then if you sign up using the link below, you can support us directly and get Nebula for 40% off an annual plan. That's about £2 a month. Thanks for your support and for backing Nebula.